Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all the Cardinals fans, for the ones who rep the bird game, it's kickoff in the valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez. Tyler Vazquez. All right, welcome to the Kickoff in the Valley podcast, where of course I am the voice of the bird god, Adam Armbrecht, and faithful servant to the leader of the Bird Gang Travel Club, Mr. Tyler Vasquez. How are we, sir? As we switch up our schedule a little bit, we'll be getting these episodes out on Fridays to you going forward as the Week 18 slate concludes. And these intros just keep getting better and better. I just feel so good. It, it, it makes my Friday, you know? Mm. It really is. Back in the day, we had TGIF, and there was a, a slate of TV shows that you would just enjoy on your Friday evening from Boy That's Meets right. World to Step by Step, step, by step. to yep. Family Matters to, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Full House was another one at a time. Oh, then then you had uh, Bewitched with uh, the Melissa Joan Hart. That, that became a fill-in show. Sabrina you the gotta, Teenage Witch, yes. Or not oh, Bewitched, wrong show. Wrong, wrong show about... Uh, about what, you're in the, the 90s you're in the 60s it's all good yeah yeah whatever yeah sabrina the teenage witch that was the other one um that's what you had on fridays and today what i have on fridays to make me tgif is is the voice of the bird god just hyping me up it's great i love it that's what um, you gotta do man listen um not every yeah. season is is built for perfection and you gotta find ways to have a little bit of fun and that's that's going to be the agenda here for us um Gonna, we're going to talk about, obviously, the most important thing for Arizona is what happens in the draft and what happens this weekend and how it impacts what could happen in the draft. And I do want to tee it up, though. So we'll break down some of those things, Chicago, Denver, who they're playing, where they're playing, what the lines can maybe tell us about them. But the first one was there's some stuff about this going around Twitter, um, around the old social media sites, specifically on DeAndre Hopkins, talking about, hey, there should be some teams that should want to go out and get this guy. Ironically, the Chicago Bears, who are standing between the Arizona Cardinals and that number two pick. But I wanted to tie it in with a question for you. You know, I saw an article on ArizonaSports.com that said the Cardinals can reset by doing two things. One, trading DeAndre Hopkins, which I think, listen, you get out from underneath the contract. I don't know what the overall value is going to be when you go to trade him. I think it'll be something. But then they also say trading their high draft pick. I, I know where you stand on Hopkins, but do you think that doing the both is maybe the smartest move to make sure you have as much capital to work with for, let's say, hands together, uh, Arizona Cardinal fans, Sean Payton to work with? 
that's the problem. It's the car before the horse again. Like we need to yep. know who is making the decisions with these picks, right? Like ultimately, would you feel better if it was a Sean Payton and, and you're trading back and, and bringing up, you know, getting more draft capital. And, you know, when you, when you trade, if you trade Yonder Hopkins, you're getting additional picks. Uh, something I saw also about when, when people are fearful of trading for Sean Payton, I've seen a lot of fans like they want him, but they don't want to give yeah. up what it's going to cost to get him. The thing to keep in mind is we might get, upwards of a third round pick for Christian Kirk leaving to Jacksonville last year as a comp oh, pick. Transitory. Yeah. So we might get a, an extra third, which would then ultimately give you some, some capital to, to move and deal for Sean Payton. But when we talk about trading that first, when, when we're talking about first, uh, first round pick and it being potentially second, third or fourth at this point, mm -hmm. it's, it's, what scares me about trading back, yes, you get multiple guys, and it's going to help you cap-wise because now you got rookies on rookie deals versus maybe a DeAndre Hopkins who's making $30 million, whatever. Like, right. yeah, you could, and the theoretically you could do that, but who's to say that both those picks pan out and both those picks become guys, you know, that, mm -hmm. are, that are reliable starters for you and they're impact players? It just scares me when you move back. We've we've had picks further back. We had a Zayvon Collins. We had a Isaiah Simmons, and and like you know we're three four years deep. And now you can blame that on coaching. You can blame it on whatever you want. Sure. But they were they were first round picks, and they were a little further back. And you saw what you got with them. I mean, they're they're good players, and they look like they're getting better. But day one, they weren't impact starters. And so yeah. to me, when you're talking about a third pick, a fourth pick, a Carter or uh, Big Willie style, the Terminator. Like when you talk about those guys, they would play day one next season and ready to go. Theory, you would think. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you mentioned about it's like you want to trade for Sean Payton, but you don't want to. How much capital is it going to be? Then the trading back kind of maybe becomes beneficial because you get the capital to offset getting Sean Payton. I do. I will just say, I know what a what a hot commodity Sean Payton is going to be. I also know that historically around the NFL, it doesn't always work out on the second trip. You know, like sometimes mm -hmm. you can get very caught up in Bill Parcells, right? As the example, he was obviously a legend for the New York football giants. And then he goes to the jets. Now they had some success, but they didn't, they, they didn't become that team that you thought they were going to be right. Everyone dreamed on for years. And I don't think that Sean Payton falls in his category of Bill Cowher coming back. Bill, when Bill Cowher decides that he wants to come back and coach in the NFL, watch out. And then he never did because he took a gig talking about the game and, and Peyton didn't go and do that. So you feel you feel more confident about it. He's putting together a coaching staff. It's legitimate. But I just I always me, wonder let, that. Well, let me play devil's advocate. OK, talk about second stints. Bruce Arians sure. he went on to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, you've yeah, had. Yeah, bust. Yeah. And there's definitely there's probably well, great examples on both guy. sides of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so, it's just interesting to me. Or like Mike McCarthy is a good example, right? He coaches in Green Bay. He wins a Super Bowl, takes a long time away. His The perception of him is a little bit clouded. Then he comes back, and we can debate whether or not the, the Dallas Cowboys ever achieve, you know, live up to expectations, but he certainly has had good enough, you'd say. I don't know if it's been great, right? Like, it's just like I, I find it fascinating to think about, and we'll probably talk about this as we get to the offseason, is – what are the other names? 
who else would you consider for the head coaching role for the Arizona Cardinals? Because guess what? We're talking about, as you said, cart before the horse. There's going to be other teams that are going to be pursuing Sean Hayden if he's going to come in with his staff ready to take over a team. So it's not just going to be he's there, come on in. They're going to have to compete for his services. You know how good it would feel on Monday that if they – Black Monday, that is, 72 hours from now. Yes. That – Michael Bidwell may, pulls the trigger. He announces Steve Kime is, is permanently resigned from his position. And, uh, you know, we're relieving Cliff Kingsbury of his duties, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Followed up by, oh, we have just made a trade for Sean Payton to be our next head coach. Like a bing bang play at the plate. You know what I mean? Like that would be fantastic. And that's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting that Michael Bidwell has already done his due, due diligence. Oh, that is oh, although that is, ta- oh man, you want to tamper although tampering, this thing? Although tampering, although he's done his due diligence in the background, there's been mm-hmm. conversations and hopefully he can execute something fairly quickly. And this doesn't become a bidding war. Because that's yeah. what would be terrible. You don't want to get into a bidding war with other markets. But at the end of the day, the Saints are a little handcuffed to it's wherever Sean wants to go because he's not going to quote unquote come out of retirement to go to a place where he doesn't want to be. So when you talk about a bidding war, there's only so much bidding that can happen. If Sean says, I only want yeah. to go one place, well, then that actually helps us. Now, if he says, I'm open to going to Arizona, Denver, like he starts listing out three potential cities. You see that a bunch in the NBA, right? Like you see players will say, I got a short list of teams that I would be willing to be traded to uh, when they may have a no trade clause or whatever. The the only other, uh, well, I'll say from a Saints perspective, whether it's just the Arizona Cardinals, just one team, remember, they can sit there and say, okay, you want them? here's the asking price. Even if there's only one suitor, the Saints will get to say, great, we have them mm-hmm. under contract. Now, now the other side of it is you want the capital. You don't want to have to you know, pay the contract or whatever might be involved yeah. in that side of it. But you get to say, well, we already have our new head coach. We've already, we're already moving forward. This is the capital that we want in return. And who knows? Maybe that involves, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, and I think this would be fascinating, we'll, we'll leave this hold here. On, and start. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you think the Saints are really going to play that much hardball with Sean, considering he got them a Super Bowl, the the time he spent there? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they I would kind of do him a solid and and – this isn't going to be like holding up other teams for. Okay. Let me, okay. So let's, let me just clarify here. You want the saints to do Sean Payton a solid and send him to a competing NFC team. That'll be right there trying to stop them from making the play. I'm not saying trade him for a seventh round or a sixth round or whatever. I'm saying if they get a fair enough value offer versus like, you know, holding out for like, no, we're demanding a, a first or a second or whatever. Like if the Cardinals come in and say, we'll give you a third and a fourth. And that ultimately is like, okay, that's, that's fine enough comp. Like I almost feel like there's going to be a little bit easier of a negotiation because Mm -hmm. of what Sean did for them and the time he spent there where uh, almost it's a little different with Arizona Bruce Arians. When we had Bruce under contract, we sent him to Tampa. We got virtually a a sack of potatoes for him compared to what coaches have been traded for in the past. And it's, it was mainly because Michael Bidwell, like, well, we don't want Bruce and Bruce wants to coach, go let him go somewhere else. Like, there's a little bit difference here where I think the Saints would love to have Sean Payton back. Right. So, yeah. The phase I mean, we'll one see. is going to be uh, the the Saints going, yeah, well, no, you want to go to Arizona? We'll send you to Arizona. Uh, but 
we're no chance that you maybe yeah, want to yeah. come back to New yeah. Orleans, back down to the bayou. Like, you know that that dance is going to go on too. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I do find it really fascinating because the the reset level to which Arizona goes, that's what to me is interesting. And even the thing I was going to throw out is like, even inside of the trade for Sean Payton with some of these maybe bigger contracts, maybe guys that don't want to be here, a Connor, a D-Hop. I'm not saying that the Saints are going to be interested in any of those players per se, but if you're Arizona, maybe you try to negotiate on those lines as well. Hey, the capital may not matter as much in the draft as maybe a couple of key players that we could plug in if you're the Saints, depending on where they are too. Because remember, the Saints are kind of in a, a weird spot as well. They don't have a definitive quarterback. They're playing with Andy Dalton this past season as Jameis Winston gets injured. Like They're as much in a semi-rebuild as anyone else in the NFL at this point too. So that being the case, the other thing that comes in here is how high can the Arizona Cardinals get in the NFL draft? And I w- we want to talk about these games. And I'll just use, there's different metrics by which um, they uh, value draft capital. But just to give you a sense of it, Draft Tech had this up where right now, Arizona as the fourth overall pick, that's valued at 1,800 points that you need to accumulate if you're talking about a trade. And those things are valued differently based on if you're coming up for a quarterback, et cetera. But the two, the second overall pick where Chicago holds right now, that's 2,600. And yeah, the I difference there, a, like, yeah, that's a lot, right? When you Did look you back, up? so like you go into the second round, saying you're talking about, hey, where's the difference? Okay, that's a difference of one. That's a difference of eight eight hundred points. You can go back and get two top end second round picks to make up that difference. You can get a two and two threes just to make up the difference between two and four, let alone just the initial value of your first round pick, maybe plus something extra because you want to come for a quarterback, et cetera. We've seen those bidding wars play out, but I thought it was important to set the table with, hey, one more spot, two more spots makes a huge difference. It's It's say nothing of teams that are competing to get up there to draft their franchise guy. Yeah, I mean, for the Cardinals to try to move up, like if they get stuck at four and maybe they want to go get one of those dynamic players, it's going to cost a lot. Now, with that being said, if you're talking about a team trying to move up from three or four spots behind the Cardinals, it's a lot. So yeah, that's where it does become a juggling act of, do you stay put, get that mm. star guy, or or do you take the haul that you're going to get? Because, I mean, right now, how many how many, what is it saying for, hold on, let me pull up Tankathon here. What's it saying for like a uh, the Colts are only one spot back, but give me someone that's like two. Let's say um, Atlanta needs a quarterback. What if yeah. Atlanta at seven wants to move up to four? What are they giving Arizona at that point based on that chart? Yeah, you'd be talking about. So you're looking at Atlanta to Arizona. It's 300 points. So that's a third round. It's like a top third round pick or a low or a back end. Atlanta's second round pick is 520. But again, you're going to give up extra. So maybe it is your second round pick to come up that board. And we've seen we, you know, be good to do too here as we close out the season. We look towards the draft. We can look at those comparisons when teams have come up the board specifically to get quarterbacks yeah. and how much capital you end up giving up. But but to your point, those marginal moves from the 10s to the 5s or from the 12s to the 8s, they're not nearly as dynamic. And we saw that from 10 to like 20. There were some little marginal moves that got made that were really about, we'll swap our picks in this round and we'll throw you a little something extra. I think Philadelphia was involved in a trade like that we may have discussed recently. So we can flesh that out a little bit more, but, but to your that, point. That hall is, is getting up to two or three. Like that's exactly. the hall. Now, when we talk about getting up to that two or three, when we talk about getting that hall, the first game that we think about on Sunday is going to be 1 p.m. at Soldier Field in Chicago where 
Go Chicago one, Bears. Well, 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock. That, oh, that's correct. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. 1 p.m. Eastern, 11. God, that's beautiful. Arizona time, 11 a.m., <laughs> man. You wake up, you have a little bit of that's borderline brunch territory, and then you're just watching yeah. football. God, God bless the, the, the fans of Arizona. So we 11 a.m., friends, I'll speak in your in, in Arizona time, where we're, yes. of course, the most popular and prominent. <laughs> uh, Minnesota Vikings, come to town. Chicago is plus seven and a half in this game. And we were talking about it before we started. Not a lot to play for for Minnesota, really. There's some chance. We'll talk about the, the San Francisco game here as well against the Cardinals. Some chance if the if the 49ers were to lose, that could change things. Nobody anticipates that being the case against the Cardinals. So this is just indicative of how bad Chicago has been that Minnesota is there giving seven and a half points on home field. Well, so technically you get three, that, it's a four and a half point game neutral. That and they're sitting uh, fields. They've already ruled fields out for the yeah. game. So, so there's nothing standing between Minnesota and B. Like, wh- where do you feel on this? There's no fields. Minnesota doesn't have a ton to play for. Do you see this as being just kind of a slowly you know trudging towards the end is chicago good enough yeah. to beat backups even of minnesota if they go that way i think the bears are full-fledged tank here and they're like we are not moving from that second overall pick like right. they because they're in the biggest position to actually get a haul like because they right. don't have Got their franchise quarterback. quarterback yeah feeling great they don't want to move. So, you know, they're they're ruining Fields' opportunity here. And I get they're saying he's hurt all of a sudden and everything else, but they're ruining his opportunity at that rushing record in a single season um for a quarterback. Ooh. Like he's he's only like forty something yards away, and they're gonna hold them out because they want that second pick. They do not want to risk. Yeah. Can I be the Vikings, yeah, I know. I'm sure there is yeah. I'm sure there is risk there, but like you probably Minnesota's not a great defense. You might be able to play Justin Fields for like one play and just run a naked bootleg and have him sprint for 50 yards and be done with it. Like, you know what I mean? I I, yeah. I, I understand why you'd never risk that. And I'm you sure could, Justin Fields would say he doesn't care. Or half. Yeah, you could play him yeah. for a quarter or a half and then bench him. I mean, I don't know why they're not going to let him get the record. I mean, maybe he is legitimately hurt, but I just I have a hard time buying it. Now, the, the last time the Bears played the Vikings in Minnesota, uh, mm. the Bears lost 20. They had 22 and the Vikings had 29. So looking at the game, it looks like it came down to the final quarter because the Vikings scored eight in the fourth, uh, and they ended up winning by seven. So, um, and as I look at it, yep, they scored a, a touchdown with two minutes to go. So that game did come neck and neck last time they played. Yeah, still division now. Game, right still now in Chicago, right? So I, I just yeah, I think Chicago is doing everything in their power to stay at two, and they don't want to help us at all. But that's Chicago. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Denver, on the other hand, might be trying now, to help. Here's us. a fun one. Yeah, this one is fun because Denver, who is going to be playing against the Chargers, and we were looking at that there, where there's some world depending on what happens with Baltimore, and it, the Chargers don't have a ton of reasons to go out and need to win this game. And I think I was looking over. I want to make sure. Um, that I had this right in the AFC playoff picture well, as far as the, what they could wait, accomplish. The like, there's some world where Baltimore wins and they're playing maybe for the division, but I don't think it's going to impact the Chargers who are sitting there in the, what, sixth seed right now? So it could, it, I think they could only be there, if I'm not mistaken. And it looks like, I'll pull that up here in the background, but it also looks like, oh, they're actually the five seed, I apologize. It looks like, though, it has to be that they are more concerned about the playoffs. 
because the Broncos are giving three points at home. Neutral, you know, neutral site. That means you're talking about, you, you know, they're, they're, they're laying three cause they get the three points at home, but like it's Denver, it's Denver this season. It's Denver with Russell Wilson. They are mm-hmm. a bad team. So there's no world that I can see the chargers getting points unless it's all, but confirmed that they are not worried about playing for anything on Sunday. Yeah. I, the only thing I can think of is it is in Denver. So home field advantage, but then two Denver has played better as of late. They almost beat the the Chiefs a week ago. So yeah, I, know. I mean, I get almost only counts in uh, horseshoes and horseshoes hand grenades, and hand grenades but, baby. But in this case, I mean, they they came down to the wire. The Chiefs ended up beating them twenty seven twenty four. The game before that, I don't think Russ played against the Rams. Uh, I'm trying to remember here. Russ has played good as of late. I'm trying to look at the the past games here, but I think I'm off uh, on what I'm looking at. But I I know Russ was starting to get it together, it felt like, compared to how he was at the beginning of the season. So all all things considered, uh, I I think uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, for this game, they've got a lot. One, they're not worried about draft position because they're already giving up that pick, right? So So at the end of the day... Yes, and they have everything, they, and they can prove something here, right? Like yeah. that's what it's about, trying to prove something. And if you're trying to prove something, uh, they haven't won a game since October 30th. And you mentioned so they almost beat Kansas City 27-24. In that game, Russell Wilson did complete 68% of his passes, one touchdown, one pick, um, 222 yards, a 48 QBR. That's good for like you know 20th or something around in the league average right now. Uh, did have two rushing touchdowns, which which helped him mm-hmm. a little bit there. Was bad against the Rams, had three interceptions the week prior. And then Kansas City, ironically, again, the week before that, where he had three touchdowns, one pick. He's played better. You can say you can, you can certainly say he's played better football, but he had his worst QBR of the season against the Rams uh, on Christmas Day, which had absolutely nothing to play for. The Rams have listen, nothing to listen. do this season. Listen, it was Christmas, though. You don't know. Russ woke up. He had some milk and cookies to appease the Mm -hmm. kids, thinking he's Mm -hmm. Santa. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where Russ probably just went on his game because it was Christmas. But I remember before the Cardinals played the Broncos a month ago, uh, you know, we we played the backup. But prior to that, when when Russ got banged up with the potential concussion, actually think he got a concussion, that he was coming off his best game of the season when he got that concussion. So Uh he was on an uptick, got the concussion, came back, and then, you know, played well against the Chiefs twice and terrible against the Rams once. So So as it stands right now, I want to clarify the Chargers situation here because the Chargers are playing the Broncos. That's an AFC team. The Baltimore Ravens are playing the Bengals, and they are also an AFC team. So when you look at the playoff picture, the Chargers would win the tiebreaker, assuming both teams win their games over Baltimore on conference record, right now sitting 7-4 and four versus 6-5. and five. If they both win, they would go through uh, at the same place, five seed for the Chargers. Now, the, the switch there would be 10-6 and six versus 11-4. and four. It doesn't matter. The Bengals are locked in. So it's only playing potentially for that switch there. So if the Chargers win, they're in. Uh, At the end of the day, the Ravens game's first. So if the Ravens – I think if the Ravens lose, then the Chargers absolutely have nothing to play for. And so, you know, you're you're hoping the Ravens will take an L there. 
This is brutal. Yeah, I'm trying to read up on, on what they're on how they're gonna just sort out the rest and, of it. By making the decision on Thursday, this allows all teams to know the playoff possibilities prior to playing the final weekend. Yeah, so it will be the percentages that are gonna play out there. You're gonna have two teams in the Bills and the Bengals that will not have a game inside of their record, and then it'll just be based on what is your percentage, right? So it'll be a 16 game season for the Bengals and for the Bills when it's all said and done. It'll be a 17 game season for everybody else, especially in the AFC. And that'll determine the hierarchy as far as how it's going to conclude. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if anything shifts there in that regard. How confident are you that this turns out to be the Arizona Cardinals? You said, I don't think, I, I don't think Chicago is going to win that game. And I think Chicago wants that number two seed. Denver doesn't care. Denver's pick goes away to Seattle. So do you think Denver gets that win? Do you think Arizona can get one spot better? Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh, there we um, go. I'm rooting for, for Russ. I want yeah. him to be the old Russ for one game and light it up. I mean, that's what we're looking for on Sunday. And and I think everyone in Arizona need to become the biggest Denver Bronco fans uh, this this side of, of Denver. You know what I mean? Like that that's what we need to do. So yeah, no, I feel good. I I feel like I feel like there's hope. <laughs> and well, you know the what? best part that I feel good about is that the Cardinals I don't think will win either. So at the right. worst case, they're not moving four. They're not leaving four. I would love to get well, here's to what I was going to say, too. So here's why it's interesting to me beyond about. So there's two scenarios here, right? Wherever you end up, potentially you can trade down and get a hole or you can stay and pick. But if you're talking about that pick going to Seattle, depending on what they choose to do, are they committed to maybe going and getting a quarterback? Are teams going up to two with Chicago to get the second quarterback after we know we assume Houston's going to be taking their franchise QB. If does Seattle push up marginally to get to two to take a QB, are they just going to take best player available at that point? You do kind of want to get to three just so that you can have every option on the table. Do we want the Terminator? We take the Terminator. No one's going to be ahead of us potentially to draft him because those, those scenarios could play out here. Geno Smith could get brought back on a two or three year deal and Seattle could say, we'll see where we stand. Now, when you're this high in the draft, you always want to take your chances when you can, but it will be interesting to see. And, and where do people feel these quarterbacks rank? Because they could go one, two, if Seattle can't get up there or can't, you know, and someone else makes a bigger offer. Then if you're Seattle, why would you? You're not going to overdraft a quarterback. We've seen how that can be a big mistake. So I think it'll be fascinating from that standpoint. Getting to three is could be kind of important for Arizona if they're going away from trading down. I think with the way Seattle ended, I think they're going to take a quarterback. I really do because because you know the season hasn't ended. They they had they were in full control. Now if they make they end up making the playoffs, I mean that comes right. down to this weekend, right? Like they can still get in. I'm, I'm going to look at the NFC here. I believe they can still get yeah, in. Yeah, right? Green Seattle, Bay wins. Seattle. That's it for Seattle. Green Bay is in a yeah, win-in scenario. So, because here's the thing. So, if Seattle, it would actually do Seattle a big favor if they if they don't get in. Because at the end of the day, are they really going to make it to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Um, but two, then it takes a lot of pressure off on do we need to re-sign and bring back Geno Smith or not? Mm -hmm. Because you know it's ultimately a collapse. They they were in the driver's seat for a long time, and then all of a sudden now they they miss the playoffs. They you know they fall short. I, I think that makes them take a quarterback at three. And, the, and then it only opens up the two – well, but then, again, three. Now, that's the hard part. They're at three. 
So do they flip spots with Chicago? Now you're in the weeds. Now you're in the weeds. Yeah, it's a whole mess. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about this. But yeah, but it's just and it's only yeah. we only bring it up because all these games are gonna happen this weekend, and this is what we're gonna be yeah. watching for. It's who wins, who loses, and what does it mean for Arizona? Did, did, did it get better? Did it get worse? Did it stay the same? And I guess what you're highlighting there is depending on what Seattle wants to do, maybe you're just sitting there at four still like you are today, and you can still we take Will Anderson if you want. We need to get it, right? three. We need three. You, I know you're dying for it. You, you just want every hold, hold up the I, threes I, all weekend. We need. Three. I said this before, um, not to reference where I'm from and you know the, the the New York Giants, but they were at the top of the draft last year, and I think if they could have, they would have traded out of one of their two top ten picks. Nobody called. The the offers weren't. I mean, maybe people did, but not an offer that was good enough to make the move. So it's like you can dream on. Hey, we want to get as high as we can. So when the calls come in, and then the don't, and the calls don't come, and then you're just there at three or four, and you're taking your player. But to your point, you might as well be as high as you possibly can be going into the draft. I'll just find it fascinating how some of these teams play these games. And you know, the irony is Chicago. We're sitting down Justin Fields. We're not going to risk it. We want to have that second overall pick. We want to be able to get a draft hall, etc. You can't convince players not to play out the games. You know, you're making choices for your franchise. There are probably half a dozen guys that are going to be playing for Chicago that have their contracts coming up that are going to be looking for their next team. So you can't, you know, you can find ways to try to manipulate it. And one of the best ways is to take your best player or the QB off the field. But you can't convince a guy not to go into the end zone if he gets a pick six opportunity off of Kirk Cousins or not to, you know, get across that first down line to bleed the clock so the Vikings can't come back like those things are really hard to control in the NFL, and that's what makes it fascinating when you get to these like tanking teams, but not tanking players. I wonder. I want to see if uh, any players are playing for bonuses. Oh, like yeah, who's you, playing for a bonus have, on Chicago a way to find right that? now? Yeah, try to pull try to pull that up while I let the people know that if you if you're just curious about where the line is for the San Francisco game which will be getting played out there on the West Coast, the best coast, some people say. I say East Coast, but that's me. Um, plus 14 for Arizona. So you can feel bull- bullish about bullish about the prospect of uh, the Arizona Cardinals not getting that win in the final week of the season. So I see uh, Bears-wise, all I saw was their kicker. Is playing for opponent. Hey, uh, Cairo Santos can increase his 2023 base salary. Uh, oh man, that the so an ad popped up and it just took it away. But Cairo Santos is oh right here uh, by 375 thousand, so he can get a huge bonus in terms of kickers. What does he have to by accomplish hitting, uh, by hitting 87 and a half percent of his field goal attempts uh, or 750 thousand. For ninety for uh, for hitting ninety percent, he's twenty of twenty two at ninety percent right now. So he needs to oh, stay. Well, so in that regard, though, Santos is like, dude, I don't even want to take a kick. Yeah, bench me, bench me, right? Like, it, here's the other yeah. way that this goes: snap on a kick, critical moment, Chicago to win the game. Santos hasn't kicked a single ball all game long. When that snap comes, he just grabs that thing. He starts scrambling. He's not going to waste throwing that leg there. I don't think does that count yeah. as a miss if he doesn't swing his leg. There's going to be all kinds. Yeah. Of, <laughs> There's a lot of a lot at stake here for Santos on that. He's swing. the he's the only notable bear that I'm seeing in this list. So I, I mean, <laughs> our hope of bear players playing for the win might be a little little far fetched here. We'll see. Are we closing out? Are we uh, are we closing out being um, dismissive of the idea of what if 
what if Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals shocked the world and just beat the 49ers? Can the Cardinals can the Cardinals franchise break the hearts of their fan base a little bit harder by actually taking themselves out, out of the best possible draft spot? <laughs> it would be the Arizona Cardinal thing to do oh. to blow this. Uh, your 14-point dogs yeah. to San Fran in San Fran. That's right. And San Fran's playing for the one seed. So at the end, they're they're playing for a bye. So I mean everything is in our favor to lose this game. And let's just continue to uh cross our fingers that that the Cardinals fulfill their destiny here. I mean, they played so bad. The only thing I am concerned about is they are gonna start David Blau again at quarterback, and he looked far Power better Blau. than any say it. Power Blau. He's been a real Power dynamic. Blau. Yeah, you gotta watch out. Yeah. Uh, well, they're starting him again, and uh, he looked good last week. So, and he oh, was yeah. slinging it. I mean, he was a big feature of Hard Knocks this week. So, man, you've got I, legitimate can, concerns. The the Blau's going to pow. Well, here's my concern: when a guy has nothing, like this, could be David Blau's like one of his last shots in the NFL. When they've got, we heard Jake Arian say this a few weeks ago when we started McSorley. He said, "I hate playing guys with with nothing to to lose." At the oh, end of the day, this might be his last shot in the NFL. He's going to go out there and and try to make plays. All right, we're going to get out of here, but let's paint a picture, right? In a world where David Blau connects with your boy at wide receiver. I'm talking 13 catches, 185 yards, three touchdown day. And then he goes and signs somewhere else in the offseason. Is there any scenario where the Cardinals win this game and you're remotely satisfied by it? Like, is there anything that could happen? No. <laughs> yeah. No, there's okay. nothing to make me like, happy. You know, Dorch goes game. off. Dorch goes off and they, they Rod Tidwell, sign him to a contract on the field as the game expires. They say, five years, you're our guy. We're trading D-Hop. You're going to be here for life. But also, we're the fifth overall pick. <laughs> no, I'd be, I love Dorch, but I would be anti-Greg Dorch if that were to happen. Uh, I Speaking of Greg Dorch, last thing I have is that okay. the Cardinals released a mic'd up of Greg Dorch. I only see it on their Facebook right now. I thought it would be on their YouTube or their Twitter or their Instagram. Can't find it there, but it is on their Facebook. It's a mic'd up Greg Dorch from last week's game in Atlanta. And uh, I, the guy is just, he's awesome. I mean, he's just great. <laughs> he didn't do much in that game, but uh, he, just hearing him talk to people and the things he's saying, it's, it's a good watch. It's a couple minutes and it's pretty enjoyable. So if you need you know, your Greg Dorch fitch, fix before Sunday, Go watch the mic'd up with Greg Dorch uh, in Atlanta. You should enjoy some um, uh, Jamal Williams for the Detroit Lions as well. That guy, I'm talking about sound clips galore, right? He's saying, Talkin hey, Pokemon. I was a scorn lover. Now I got picked up, you know, and I'm a hot new thing, and they're feeding me mm -hmm. fancy meals. I'm loving it. You hear all, like, all of his clips from like in the game. He just sounds like a guy that's having a great time. Hopefully something that not only Cardinals players, but Cardinals fans can start, can start having uh, starting in 2023. Not going to be this year. <laughs> Not going to be this season. Yeah. Well, okay, everybody. Just next three days, we've got, we got a couple big things. Sunday, we're going for the three spot in the draft. And then Monday, it's Black Monday, and we're hopefully going to be making a lot of change on Black Monday. And we will probably be back Monday with an episode once, once something happens, 
if nothing happens, then you're going to get a very depressed me on that episode uh, regardless. So uh, stay tuned for that episode come Monday. With that being said, enjoy the weekend. Root for the Ravens in the uh, the morning game. To They have to lose, right? We want them to lose, so that way the Chargers need any, don't need anything. Exactly. We're rooting yeah, for the Bengals. Safe. Go Bengals. Yeah. Go, go, go Bengals on uh, Sunday morning. And then let's go uh, Bronco country. Let's ride. So until yeah. then, uh, he is the voice of the bird God, producer Adam. Do we drop producer from the title at some point? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little thrown off by that. I'm Tyler with Bird Gang Travel. You can find we'll me at that. Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> at Bird Gang Travel, and Facebook, Bird Gang Travel Club. Uh, with that being said, Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, make sure you download and subscribe wherever you find podcasts or at cardinalspodcast.com. And always kick off in the valley with the third draft pick. Ah!